everybody. Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. Today I'm your host, Dimitri, and I'm joined by Alex, who is back from a long absence, and Kevin, who unfortunately didn't get the memo and also showed up. Hey guys, Bonjour. how are you doing today? <laughs> God damn. Okay. I, I, uh, I, yeah, Dima, I Dima didn't read the memo. Today, so. <laughs> well, I, 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 I might have specifically not sent it to you. Um, this is our prime numbered episode 31. Coincidentally, it's also the atomic number of gallium. It's also the name of a 2016 horror film by Rob Zombie and the number Reggie Miller wore during his entire 18-year NBA career. Did, I love Reggie Miller. If you went on like Wikipedia and, and like type 31 and just pull the first five things. No, I went to ask Jeeves. That's that's my go-to. He definitely did because he doesn't. He did. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't know who Reggie Miller is. He didn't follow Reggie Miller. Well, he's a shooting guard for Indiana Pacers. For the same team the whole shooting guard for the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> Doesn't have any NBA championships, but he won the uh, the 1996 uh, Olympic gold with the Dream Team. Yeah, he was he was so um, how about that? Have, he was in that second Dream Team. He was actually just passed Steph Curry this year. Just passed him in the number of three points made, and he's the all-time leader. Well, no, sorry, he was second all-time, only to Ray Allen. So Reggie was uh, was great, but unfortunately, he was born in the same time of era of Jordan, right? So Jordan, like, yeah, no one could beat it, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation for the the time we do an episode specifically about basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the funniest thing of that interaction was like. Dimitri was looking at his note every time he was, ta- he was talking. Like he didn't know anything about that. It was like just everything was writing down. Well, I mean, I don't. <laughs> there actually were thirty-one know atomic elements. <laughs> I don't actually know anything atomic about anything. What? I just read from the from the teleprompter. I'll read anything on the teleprompter. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, man. The topic of today's episode is Grail watches. So each of us was tasked with choosing a four Grail watch collection. Um, consisting of a, a diver, a chrono, a dress watch, and one wild card. I'm sure some rules were bent along the way, and maybe some some of them were straight up forgotten. You know, not that any one of us is known for this. And uh, Carl, uh, before we for jump, sure, yeah, well, not not naming any names, uh, not it rhymes with schmarl, schmarl, or schmalix, schmarl, schmalix. So, guys, before we uh, jump into the topic, let's do a quick rest check. Uh, Alex, you want to start? Uh, yeah, so for this week, while preparing for my uh, four best divers, that's the episode, right? Yeah, four, um, four best divers. Yes. <laughs> I decided to wear my uh, my Pelagos, so my diver that I'm uh, my main diver. Let's say for now in the collection, everything else is going on sale. That's uh, not this one, the Brooker and my Rolex. So um, yeah, no diver for the dive week. So for listeners out there who can't see, he's it's a blue Tudor Pelagos, just to confirm. Yeah. I didn't say blue. Yeah, no. It's, so it's the the best one, not the black one or the left and drive le- left lefty Pelagos. That's uh blue, uh, black it's and just yellow. left hand. <laughs> just, just left hand. Just, just say that. Just say that. It's that left hand drive. It's not the same it's color scheme on the left hand. No, it's as a cream white instead of a instead of a. a black. How, and Pelagos uh, is white. And Pelagos is red on it as well. How much yeah, wrist which time is, is your uh, uh, is your Pelagos getting now? Um, so it's been on my wrist for the last, uh, or Wednesday today. So, uh, since like last Thursday, almost a week now. Oh, uh, the thing is I, when I wear my watches, I wear them like, uh, between like two days to a full week at a time. Right. So like, you, just, like your underwear. And I don't have my, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> filthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's okay because like after two, three days, when you start having a skid mark, you can flip them you around. Flip them inside right? out. Inside yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it, that's, yeah, of course, that's a because trick to have a... all underwear is reversible. It's, it's common knowledge. Exactly. 
It is. <laughs> I'm surprised that there hasn't been a company that came out with this like this concept where you can like flip your clothes inside out and you know use it as I longer than you. But there are jackets like this. Yes, you there can are, just flip right. them right, and they have multiple. They're two colors. You I actually, when pants, I was a kid, I had a jacket the, like this. You have pants that turn into shorts. You got exactly. You got tearaway <laughs> pants. You got you got jackets that are reversible. I mean, you have gloves with holes in in it for your fingers. Gloves and mittens that turn into fingerless gloves look like a hobo. Do you living under? Do you have to specify that gloves have holes for fingers? That's yes. a good point. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's a suck then. <laughs> I mean, what, what else? What else can you use a glove for? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> yeah, and we're back. So, Kevin, what are you? Uh, what are you wearing? I'm um, I'm actually you, wearing something new. Wearing I bought. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I ordered it a couple days ago because, and it was a it was a quick buy. It was a cheap buy. It's um, sure. a new limited edition. It's a limited edition Tiso that just came out uh, called the 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 Tiso uh, Memphis. Let me see if I can send you guys the link here. Well, you guys look it up. I'm sure you guys can find it. Um, it's just Tiso Memphis. So it was a, it was a, a cheap purchase. It was like only dozens and dozens of thousands. No, 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 no. It's uh, it was not dozens and dozens, but um, what is the really name cool, of the the model? The Memphis, like Tennessee. So what's cool about it is that it's based on so you know Germans or German architecture had or German design had Bauhaus. So in the eighties, there was like this avant-garde type of Italian design uh, by this architect named Ettore Sostas, and he had created. Uh, furniture and all this architecture and even watches for Tissot. Uh, they were very unique in how they, they actually look. A lot of fun. Um, and I couldn't help myself because it was priced well. Limited edition too, so I got the gold one. A lot of fun. Very happy. And it, man, I ordered it on like Monday uh, and it got... No, no, sorry. I ordered it Monday morning and it got here like Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> like yesterday afternoon. It was crazy. Because shipped from like uh, Ontario. Directly from okay. Tiso, so I got directly from Tiso. That's interesting. I've never heard of this one. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, the only thing I was looking recently at is the PRX, right? That just came out, yeah. and the automatic version is about to come out. Uh, but uh, it's very cool. It's fun. Look, because look, how's the the, the the leather strap? By the way, it's it's actually quite very good, very soft, very supple. Um, and uh, I'll wear it the next time I, I see you can you can have a look at it yourself it's fun because also no I'm okay it's one of Thanks. the <laughs> the fact that it's a limited edition as well is always good because with limited edition watches like this um, if ever you tire of it or whatnot, you'll get your money back because there's always going to be someone down the line most of the time they'll be like I kind of want that watch so at least you'll you'll sell it for what you bought it for and you got a chance to right. enjoy it um, so it was, that's why. And I was like, you know what? I, 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 I liked it and I had a chance at the limit and the other ones are all sold out. A lot of, they're already sold out. So I have number right. 535 okay. of like 2,500. So a lot of fun. So that's what I'm wearing today. A little new, uh, uh added to the, so resolution over after <laughs> two in. I mean, I'm resolution over. Two two watch how many times did you already say resolution over? I know the TSO, that was two. I'm, I'm already two and we're. March 31st. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, you only bought two? I thought you bought more than this uh, since January. No, no. I have the Casio, the G-Shock, and this one. Oh, no, it was okay. uh, two this week. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. For some reason... And what are you wearing, uh, Mr. Uh, Ettore di Mushka? Okay. Uh, I'm wearing my Raketa uh, World Time because I'm mm. hoping that the pandemic isn't going to be over soon. Everything is going to open up and I'll be able to start traveling. And, uh, you know, for, I have a watch just for that. So that I know exactly what time it is in Alaska or Honolulu <laughs> while I'm still in Montreal. 
<laughs> well, that's funny. So maybe, you know, while while we're on that, maybe like I know we have this new segment of like the our, our two talking points, right? So <clears throat> I wanted to, maybe this is a good segue for, for my uh, point that I want to bring. I was reading an article this week about how traveling with your Rolex can be dangerous. And people spot you when you're having when you have Rolexes, and you can be easily robbed. And you know it's become such a coveted like um, aspect to it that um, now that you're talking about getting ready to travel, if you had something, would you travel with your Omega Speedmaster, Dimitri? Uh, yeah, I have traveled with it before to the south of France and uh, Russia, also. Oh, yeah, but you're Russian. Well, I mean, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that you know if somebody wants to rob you, they're like, oh, I don't rob Russians. It's uh, strict right. rules. Strict rules, exactly. Uh, Wait, yeah, you're Russian? Okay, it's okay. Yeah, they first they first stop you and politely ask you if you're Russian or not, and if you say I am, they're like, oh, have a good day, sir. Papiers, papiers. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but um, so so that that I, that, I that was mean, one I of think the. I've, go ahead, Dimitri. Sorry. I think I've uh, I, I think I've seen I think I've seen um. An article was it Brazil that somebody got killed not long ago or something over a watch? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 for sure something you should think about, especially if you travel to certain countries, right? I wouldn't be worried traveling anywhere in Europe, right? Uh, or you know anywhere in North True. America. But but once you go to places where, just don't be flashy, right? Like uh, I, I mean, I, right. I know I have friends. I know uh, I have a friend from uh, Venezuela, right? And uh, she was always saying how, like, there's very, even for the locals, there are strict rules when you get there. You kind of have to make sure that you don't show off too much, right? In the yeah. streets, take off your earrings, don't wear, like, a nice necklace, you know, don't wear rings and stuff because... Attract attention. You know, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. And that's a good Somebody point because I remember... I remember when the Olympics were happening in, uh, or is it the World Cup in Brazil? And then you would see literally videos of like people on buses and the people jumping on the side of the bus to just try to grab whatever they could from the people that were there, right? And then they just run, oh, yeah. multiple people, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so <clears throat> that was the, the the one story I was reading because you're talking about traveling and I, I was wondering about that. And then there's also this other story in the news where there's this this like reggaeton rapper that uh, he had a Richard Mill that he was looking for. And then apparently he was having a lot of trouble tracking it down. And some guy came up to him and said, listen, uh, I want you to have this as a gift. And then he goes, look, I can't take it. I don't owe you any favors, but essentially forced it on him. (laughs) And he said, listen, either you take this or you're never going to get out of this country. The guy essentially said, I'm going to keep you right here. So that was the the piece of news that jumped out at me this week. So I wonder, like, would you guys accept watches if you were like, I don't know, remotely famous for obviously porn or... You know, that's all it is. There's only that. Um, that's it, eh? <laughs> yeah, obviously porn. You know, the list goes on. But that's it. That's so just why, the why, one thing. why would you be famous in porn, right? Um, I don't think I. There it are certain on, reasons uh, uh, for being so <laughs> bad at it. Oh, 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 po- <laughs> You're one wonder. Yeah. Infamous in porn. <laughs> My movies are the shortest movies. <laughs> so what are you saying carl uh, um if i was famous enough so people could give me watches yes but i think in that case was um it was a uh, say some, let's say some uh, criminal or cartel looking dude that was offering that watch right but if i'm yeah. like uh celeb enough that it's like uh, ellen DeGeneres who give me a rolex i'm gonna take it yeah well, yeah for sure She's, yeah. <laughs> especially, especially if it's your so grail right especially if it's your grail so but maybe i'll give you sure. her yeah. daytona though no, 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 no. She's not. You're gonna you have to. Her. You're gonna have to. No, she's not gonna give you Daytona. 
She'll give you definitely a not for do, definitely not for doing porn. Definitely not for doing porn. Uh, if I'm so bad at it, it technically is it doing it? <laughs> I don't know. Ask your girlfriend. <laughs> if it's less than two pump chump champ, like is it doing it? You're like, a, you're uh, like uh, a porn porn passenger. You're a coast exactly. <laughs> <laughs> removing my pants and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll ask your girlfriend, your ex girlfriends, and they'll be like, "No, no, it didn't count. <laughs> I did date him. <laughs> that was terrible. No, no. I'm still a virgin, technically. Wow. Um, <laughs> sleeping with a lot of virgins, I see. <laughs> uh, it worked for Jesus' mother, so you know. Oh my um, God. <laughs> Okay. So. Um, all right. Grails. So, let's go jump into the topic. Carl, you want to start? And you know what? Let's let's do it in a chronological order. Uh, not chronological, more like alphabetical. But I was going to say chrono uh, is first. I don't know my alphabet, so... Well, so it's, it, according it's to Dimitri my alphabet, first, right? chrono goes first. Chrono, oh, okay. 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 About, that, about people. And like, I was like, Dimitri, it's D. It's the first one. So <laughs> Dima's going to start. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, for chrono. So... Um, Grill watch. That's the only grill watch I already talked about in other podcasts. Uh, that's, uh, my Vacheron Constantin historique, uh, Corne de Vache. So the 1955 re-edition, right? Uh, Kevin is rolling his eyes, but, uh, yes, that's, <laughs> that's my grill for, um, the chrono. So, um, that watch is paying tribute to the original, uh, Corne de Vache. So in English, it could be cow horns. Cow uh, horns. In 1955, uh, that's the cow horns. That's on the Vacheron Constantin website. That's the way they call it. Yeah. So it's a manual wand chronograph, and it's the, it, it was the first uh, water-resistant chronograph uh, from Vacheron Constantin. It's a huge water, resi- water resistance of three bar. So uh, you can go to space, I guess. Right, mm-hmm. three yeah. bars is enough yeah, for sure. It's space certified. <laughs> space, space certified <laughs> by China. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing uh, with the. Um, I was looking into like the uh, first variant of that watch, so in 1955, and the um, the new one. Uh, I think they really did a good job at putting it um, um, recent enough. Like the design is a new design, but it still uh, offers the same value as the old one. I just sent you a link on um, right. the first one. Uh, uh, on the original versus the new one. Usually the numerals are different on the US versus the new one and there's more, um, it's a bit more busy on the new uh, dial as well. Uh, so for me, it's like the perfect balance of an old design bring to the 21st century. 20, wait, 21st century. I was making sure it was the right date. <laughs> <laughs> you started off by saying, well, is it Wednesday today? And then like, is it 21st century? <laughs> um so it's a 38.5 millimeter case. It's 10.9 millimeters thick uh, because of its manual movement. So it doesn't, it's not too, too thick. For once again, something I'm going to repeat myself, you can get it in steel. And I really do love a steel case watch. You can also get it in platinum and gold. Uh, but I would go with a steel one, even if it's a, like we're, today it's a, a unlimited budget fantasy draft of our uh, uh, grill watches. I will still go with a, a steel one. That's, that's the one I love. That's the one I, I want to do. That's, one the, that's the middle I want to scratch, let's say. Uh, so I would go with a steel. It's fifty thousand dollars Canadian, more or less. It can go all the way to a hundred thousand dollars. And if you look at the last one, I was able to find an auction that was sold. It was at the Philips auctions, and it sold for a hundred thousand dollars. Is it more expensive than the new version than the the current version? Uh, no, exactly. The current version it's fifty two hundred, and the original one sold for a hundred and six thousand uh, dollars. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Swiss franc, hundred and six thousand. 
Oh wow! And six francs. So that's one point five uh, Canadian, right? Uh, times. So it's like one fifty yeah. something, one sixty Canadian. Yeah. And the yeah. the the, um, the version that's sold right now is the the most recent. Let's say current version is fifty five k, uh, US, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that that in my list that's gonna be the attainable grail as well. So I'm gonna go way crazier after that. <laughs> but yeah, it's a quick introduction of a chrono I already talked about on other podcasts. I won't take too much time on this one. Fair, Kevin. Uh, what is your choice? So I went with um, I went about this by taking two picks because I'll, I'll explain. I went with some ridiculously expensive grail, and then some at- unattainable grail. So I'll go a little bit shorter. Um, <clears throat> for the um, for the chrono, I went for my insane grail. I went with the Langenzon Datograph, uh, uh, the, the flyback. Yeah, the Datograph flyback. <laughs> this watch to me, uh, regardless of the look. So the look, it's similar to, you know, the Patek Philippe um, Perpetual Calendar Grow, the 5271. Uh, but the one I was looking at is, to me, what stands out of it is that, if uh, you know, is the movement. So a lot of people don't know about this, but like Langenzun went down, even though it was founded in 1845, it, it, after the World War... Um, you know, it, it struggled and it, it actually ceased to exist originally and then they ended up coming back. And uh, in 1999, they came out with this uh, datograph and the movement is just incredible. This flyback chronograph, so flyback means as it's timed, you can press a button to start it over again. You don't need to stop and reset. You just press one button and it starts up again. Um, but this flyback chronograph, it consists of 405 pieces and every single piece in that movement is hand-finished. And they are the first to come out with an in-house uh, chronograph movement uh, when they came out with it in 99. So even Patek, AP, Vacheron, they were all using Lemania-based movements. They didn't even have an in-house chronograph because it was so complex. And then Lang said, we're going to come out and we're going to make it. And uh, if you ever see the movement of that watch, it is remarkable. So that was my out-of-this-world uh, um, chronograph. Uh, but believe it or not, and I think uh, this is going to make uh, Dimitri very happy, I think that my attainable grail is would be an Omega Speedmaster Dark Side of the Moon. So these retail for up to... <laughs> Carl's shaking his head, no. Well, I mean, this that is, makes perfect sense. That's just a logical <laughs> choice. The Dark Side of the Moon no, is one no that grew on me. me. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's so, it, pretty much, it's Omega Speedmaster. You're looking at a 44 millimeter case, so it's larger. But it's a ceramic... Um, it, it's it's made out of ceramic. And when you see how it wears, it doesn't wear like a 44 because it's dark as well. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't pop on your wrist the way you think it does. And I, I just I just love everything about that watch. I love, um, I, I anyway, I, I to me, and I'm not a biggest fan of, of like dark or black watches like that. Um, but that one is one that uh, it definitely is within... Um, you know, a range that's affordable. So you're looking at about twelve thousand uh, dollars. But yeah, so those are my, my those are my two chronograph uh, grails that I had. Um, yeah. So what about you, Dimitri? Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll just start in a second. I was curious to ask you also. Have you tried the forty four millimeter uh, Speedmaster? I sure have. Yeah. Have you tried it on? And how does it feel? Like, it, does it does it does it feel does it does it not feel too big? On, uh, on it does not feel uh, too big. It doesn't it, feel waterproof at all. Right. <laughs> But it it doesn't uh, very spacey, it doesn't feel very spacey. yeah it doesn't feel too big no um, and I think it's because of the fact that it's made of ceramic it's super light um, and because it's black as well 
uh, when they're dark watches, they even say white dial watches tend to look bigger than dark dials and that sort of thing. So this this was the same kind of feeling that I had uh, putting it on. So I'll find a picture here and dump it in the chat uh, when, when I went to try one on. And you see on the wrist, and I have a fairly large wrist. I have a seven quarter inch. Um, so it sits very well at 44, not an issue, but it's just so robust. And even though it's not that classic Speedmaster, it just really sits perfectly on the wrist. Anyway, I really like that watch and uh, it, it's 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 great, but it's just you're starting to get into a zone and you're like, you know, and I, I think I kind of touched that grail feeling with my my Monaco, but um, I do think that uh, it's 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 an excellent watch, that Speedmaster, yeah. You, you put the Monaco as a grail? Well, it was one of those that I really wanted to achieve. That I was like, I, I'd be, it's an iconic uh, timepiece that I wanted in my collection and I'm, and I'm very happy with it. So it's when I, when I was talking about even my Rolex Milgoss and I was like, I'm shopping um, for my Monaco. I was like, maybe I get a Grand Seiko Snowflake. But I was like, I feel like my, Mon my um, Milgoss scratches that itch. And I think that my Monaco scratches that chronograph itch of like an iconic uh so much history so much like it's and it's just great to look at i'll be honest and uh i think that's what it kind of does so yeah it's it's within my grails yeah why do you awesome. say that so I judgmentally mean, carl <laughs> well he loves the hate on the speedmaster so much judgment he's like <laughs> you i said i'm fueled by anger and spite yeah <laughs> dima um so I kind of also have, um, let's say, an attainable grail and a crazy expensive grail that you know I will buy if I win in a lot in like Powerball in the states, right? Um, and it's funny, it's funny, but my my crazy unattainable grail is exactly the same one as Kevin just talked about. So I'm not gonna yeah. uh, mention a lot about it. It's a Datograph by Langenzona. It, it's just it's it's just a beautiful, perfect watch. There's I love absolutely everything about it except the price. <laughs> um, since Ken already you mentioned it, I'm not going to talk about it. But I, I think an honorable mention, if for some, you know, for, for something that looks very, very similar to the uh, um, uh, to, to the Langenzona, but it's not obviously anywhere as expensive as as the as the Datograph. It's the Carl F. Booker Chronograph, right? Uh, we saw it in the store, I think, last summer when we were going to check out some different uh, Pateks and Nomoses. Yeah, uh, and this watch is like you know six grand, and it has the, a very very similar look to the uh, uh, to the the, the datograph for a fraction of a price. So um, you know that would be my expensive unattainable grail. I'll be honest, uh, I, I own the the classic Kesselite Speedmaster. It's pretty much my favorite chronograph, right? Like I I, I I'm not gonna talk about it. Um, because I already own it, but this I've I've pretty much satisfied my my need for a chronograph. I don't really want. Yeah, I know what you one. mean. But uh, but the watch that I think deserves a mention, and I really also like that watch, and I've been looking at it for a while. Maybe at some point I will purchase it. Is the Zenfl Primero? Yeah. Um, th this this watch we we've mentioned that previously in our podcast uh, is a fantastic history. It's uh, it's kind of known to be one of the first chronograph watches right and they decided to mm -hmm. also call themselves el primero which just means first right i'm looking at you kevin it's pasta uh, <laughs> it's the, not the, 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 it's delicio <laughs> not delivery it, it, it's not primero <laughs> the, the the very interesting thing about this the, the story about this watch i think is that during the course crisis zenith went bankrupt as a company and thanks to, in, in a large part, thanks to Seiko, because they've created their quartz watches and pretty much demolished a large proportion of Swiss manufacturers. Mm -hmm. 
Zenith was one of those that unfortunately didn't really survive. But there was one employee uh, named Charles Vermois. He's a watchmaker working for Zenith, who basically, when he was leaving the company, he managed to take all of the blueprints for the, the mechanism. And yeah. when, they, when they restarted their production again years later, he was able to re-engineer, reverse engineer the watch and restore the movement, which you know they're still using today. And it's one of the most amazing chronograph movements ever. I'll just give you some specs. Um, it's, a, it's a high beat, 5 hertz, 36 VPH uh, uh, movement. 50-hour power reserve, right? And uh, at the same time, at the same time, the the, the standard chronograph uh, El Primero comes with a 10 uh, 10 bar water resistance. So there you go. It's also good for Mars, where there is frozen uh, ice, I guess. <laughs> um, but you know, that's pretty much it. I, I I mean, I was gonna mention uh, Daytona, but it honestly does not hold the same rank, let's say, in my book of uh, of Grail watches as the right. other ones mentioned. But if you but look at the, the grill, is a unicorn. It's a unicorn. But look, Dimitri, if you look at the picture in the chat, I think we could post it. That Carl F. Booker chronograph, uh, I found the picture of what the one that we saw. I think that yeah. when you look at Patek's, when you look at the Alang and Zun, this can kind of scratch that itch a little bit, you know? If the name Absolutely. weren't so stupid, but I think it can scratch that itch pretty well. What is the name of this watch? Carl Booker? I stopped. I stop at Carl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. I yeah. didn't think of this. This is not. Uh, it literally not would fantastic. have been better if it was called, you know, Diesel Diesel Big Daddy, Maurice Maurice F. Booker. <laughs> that, that, Tom F. That, Booker. That's why my that's why my uh, my uh, my Booker. It's on. It's the old design. It's only say Booker on it. There's no Carl. Lost all his value with a Carl on it. Exactly. Plus, yours is a K. Yours is Carl with a K, like Carl Lagerfeld. Yeah, I'm the uh, the uh, German version. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, this uh, the, the watch that we we looked uh, we looked at in the store has an all blue dial, right? But they, I think they also have a version that has uh, white subdials, so it kind of looks closer to a datagraph. Contrasting, yeah, the register, right? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's it's a beautiful watch. I think it's about six thousand dollars. Right, that's compared yeah, it's not, to like it's not, uh, a hundred dollar, hundred thousand for the datagraph. Exactly, and I also put in the picture, by the way, the dark side of the moon, so you could see it on my wrist at forty-four millimeters. It's not overwhelming. That black ceramic right. case, it's, right. it's incredible. Yeah, it looks really good. Right, right. No, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, guys, do you want to mention any other maybe worthy mentions before we switch to the next uh, watch type? I think I'm good no, for next chronos. watch type now. <laughs> yeah. So now, second watch. Uh, second grail watch type is a diver. Uh, so, Carl, what are you? Uh, what are your choices? So, I went with a brand that, I, well, a brand, a watch that I know that uh, Kevin love, and it's even on. The, I think it's his short list of grails. Uh oh. Um. Uh oh. We have probably a similar one. So oh, no. the name is Fifty Fathom. Oh my god. Um. That's what I would. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. Is it the Tourbillon version? No, no, no. I didn't go with the tourbillon. Oh, me, me, me! I went with the fifty-five and tourbillon eight days, like hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars diver. Yeah, that's um, insane. <laughs> I went with the fifty fathoms uh, reference five zero one five A three six three zero sixty three B. So it's the thirty-eight thousand dollar or thirty-nine thousand dollar blanpain uh, fifty fathoms. So it's the one with the rose gold case. Um, yeah, no. So mine is an eighteen carat white gold case. <laughs> tourbillon with eight day power reserve hey, hey, grail okay. grail like yeah. to the moon but now it's like yeah. to the water 
Um, so Fathom, uh, I was looking into why, why it's named like that. Uh, Fathom is a distance. It's a, it's six feet. So it was 50, 50 times six feet. Yeah. That was the original uh, naming scheme for that watch. So I'll, I'll glance over it. I know I'm pretty sure Kevin has a lot of notes for this watch. Uh, on, on my side, um, it's the uh, metallic black dial, uh, unidirectional, uh, turning bezel, as I'm guessing most or all, uh, 50 fathoms since they're divers. Um, one thing that's cool is the, um, the tourbillon is used at 12 on that, uh, that 50 fathom as the minute counter because the tourbillon does a full, uh, turn, uh, in 60 seconds. So if you look at the dials, uh, I send you the picture, guys, uh, you'll see the dot right next to the, uh, tourbillon display case. So you can count your minute like that uh, as a second hand. Right. At six, there's the eight day power reserve, um, meters as well. So you can see, uh, well, when you pick up your watch after a full week, if, if you need to wind it or not. Um, I think it's um, stupid for a diver to have like a tourbillon uh, oh, <laughs> um, and with an open case back like that to show you everything. But at the same time, as a grill, that could be like the diver to have, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Kevin, you're, you're 50 fathom for the poor people at $38,000. What does exactly. it bring to the table? No, so the, the difference is that... so. I think my attainable grail would be the Blanc by 55, the titanium, the the pretty the closest or truest to the original. Um, and the one I went that's a little bit more substantial. I went to the one that has the the red gold case. Um, yeah, you know. So I I and and it still stays. I find true to the original because I went with the red gold. I didn't go for the tourbillon, or I didn't go for the chrono, or I didn't go for for uh, you know something that was a little bit with more. Um, complications Heft. you know so like Blancpain I think that is I think Blancpain is a little bit underestimated I find out like it, it really is a connoisseur's brand and I like that about it um, and everyone thinks they're all about diving but you know they they've been in motorsports and they're an F1 right they have the the Blancpain GT the FIA GT um, yep. the Blancpain Endurance Series that started in, in 2010 they're technically the oldest watch brand uh, along with Breguet there, but they're they're under there. They they um, I also love Jean, the fact of how Jean Claude Bivet when he bought Blancpain and went against everyone when they're like quartz crisis quartz and he says no, we're not going quartz. We're staying with the way that we may, we we do things. We're anyway. So I thought it was great. Focused on exclusivity. I thought it was awesome. Um, also, one of the things that they didn't they didn't take lying down um, was they had a hundred meters of water resistance in their watches back in the day um, without a screw down crown because that had been patented by Rolex. So they had created a way to put a dual gasket crown system to make sure that they could preserve the water tightness at depth. So that that's incredible in what they they were able to do, and then. They they're not only in divers; they make a lot of nice dress watches too. So anyway, I like I like everything Blancpain stands for. I think they're for the connoisseur, and I think that if I had to go for a diver, and I was gonna go for the original, the OG, I would go for the red gold Blancpain fifty fathoms. So my for for um for my fifty fathom tourbillon eight days, I could get like five or six of your fifty fathom, or like ten so, of the original something. one. Yeah. How many Porsches can you buy with those uh, with this watch? It depends on which one, but at that price, oh. it, it's Boxster, like one. Obviously. It's like one, one. it's like it's like one well-equipped 911, 180 thousand dollars. Ah, 
So it's a, a well, watch what about or, the new what uh, about the new Taycan, the new uh Taycan the the twin the electric car. So right? that was nice. Yeah, I like so the they yeah, go from nice. like one they go from like 120 to 180 depending on um, the variant you have. Yeah. Is it fully electric? Very nice. There's one in my uh, in the garage in my building. Yep, it's nice. 100% electric. Take in turbo they, um, is really Is Porsche uh, planning to uh, to go full electric or are they going to keep their internal combustion engines? Uh, so Porsche is part of the Volkswagen group and the Volkswagen group announced they will go full electric. They already electric. announced that the next 911 is going to be a hybrid one. So the wow. current generation of 911 is going to be the last one that's only only gas. Okay. Interesting. Interesting how that idea of going to electric cars has just just exploded in the last year. And now yep. every everybody everybody basically is peer pressured into committing to going yeah. fully fully but electric. But it's it's uh, it's once again there's only two things that push um car manufacturers to innovate it's either regulation or um a change in the les- landscape let's say so it's uh, regulation germany every manufacturer who has a, a manufacturing process in their country need to do to go full electric by 2035 right so it's either they move factory or they go full electric well yeah, lada, because lada hasn't announced yet uh, that they're going full electric sorry i said lada hasn't announced yet that they're going full electric <laughs> Lada has been building the same wait. car since like 1977. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that announcement. It's, it's just waiting for that announcement. Oof, I lose a lot. I lose a lot of sleep over that. But <laughs> I think that the the point is that you're right. It's maybe not like oh we don't open a factory, but the the fact that everyone's going that way, it's inevitable. And even if they move factories to another country, they're probably just delaying the inevitable that they'll eventually have to shift everything to electric cars. Yeah, well, but yeah. Uh, like while the Germany went with the have to produce electric cars there's other countries like england and even here in canada that they we can only sells fully electric car by 2035 so even if the right. manufacturer will continue doing that they will have no market to sell it they'll have no market yeah so the, it's 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 a part of the evolution like you said landscape and technology yep. or regulation yep. which goes hand in hand and what about so, you so um, diver <laughs> uh you guys have only one pick and that uh you don't have any attainable grills just uh it was uh, my only... attainable one was the Blampe at twelve grand, and then the the <laughs> expensive grill was forty thousand dollar Blampe with a red gold and, case. And after that, and after that, the real grill is the Tourbillon Eight Days Blampe. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so my uh, atten- my my grills. I also mentioned two quickly. Uh, I'll start with the less less attainable. Not even just for the price, but just it's just impossible to get. And um, I think we haven't mentioned his name yet uh, today. It's uh, designed by who, Kevin? Joe Jetta. Yeah. So it's yeah. The, it's the Patek Nautilus. That's the 5711, right? The standard, oh. the, the, the stainless steel version, no date. Uh, no, sorry, the stainless steel version with the, with a date on the uh, at three o'clock. Um, it, it's uh, it, it looks to me, it's one of the let's say one of the most amazing looking diver watches, and I, I think it's probably my favorite of Gerald Jetta's designs. Um, I also quite like the Aconaut, and I want to mention them together because they basically are the same exact um, size and they have the same movement and also the price is the same. Right? Love so the same Aconaut. footprint. Pretty much, pretty much. They, they look a little bit different and let's say uh, the the uh, Nautilus is an integrated uh, bracelet watch with the stainless steel. Right, They both are 100 meter water resistant and they're pretty, let's say, not, uh, Aconaut is a little bit younger. It was initially released in 1997 and uh, you know the the thing about it was very uh, sensational, let's say unusual, because he, it has uh, a, a composite uh, material uh, a, a strap. So it's not even rubber; it's some sort of a composite, like yeah. silicone-based material. Apparently, it's very comfortable, and it's 
I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say like a Hublot, but it's one of the first probably watches to have a rubber bracelet that also costs like $45,000. Right. Um, you know, it's a 40 mil. <laughs> both of them are 40, 40.8, so almost 41 millimeters. They're super, super thin, like 8.1 millimeters in height and 12 bar water resistance. So they're not like professional level divers. They're more like, I mean, obviously they don't also, the cost not not like a professional daily diver, right? They, uh, but they, they can easily be taken anywhere, right? In the, in the swimming pool or, you know, dishes and stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, those are, I think, my favorite Pateks, apart from, let's say, a, a, style, like a color, classic dress watch, Calatrava. Uh, but nice. as a, but these are not only super expensive, but also just impossible to buy, right? Even if you had the money. I'm not sure, but I think the waiting list is even worse than, uh, than it is for Rolex. 12 years was the... Than the last number we heard. What? Yeah, it's uh, something super ridiculous. Twelve so, yeah. years. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe they are overhyped, not Rolex. Well, the thing with Rolex is they don't give you a date, so te- technically it's infinite. But these guys also, also do they give you a date? I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, and you know, speaking of Rolex, I think it deserves a mention, and it's also like I have to mention it. It's this is definitely my grail. I want to have a regular sub, no date, or a GMT Master Two Pepsi. Any one of those two will work, but I I probably want to have the the GMT, the GMT Master, Master Two is not a diver though, but it is a hundred meter water resistance and it's a sport. But it's, 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 but it's not a diver. It's not a diver. It was it built for that? But would you? Call, but I agree that it looks a, a lot like the sub, but it, and it was created to to travel. I get it. Yeah, but Fair. it's not yeah, a diver. I mean, but the sub, yeah, it technically isn't. Uh, but I mean, Patek Nautilus is one hundred twenty meter water resistance, right? There's not much of a difference, and it's kind of positioned to be as a diver. But yes, I agree with right. you. If you look at the regular sub, right, the new model is 41 millimeters and it's 300, 300 meter water resistance, right? Uh, it's just, it's, it's, this watch is, it's, it's, it's the watch that you think of, what I think of when I think of a, of, of a diver. To me, this is <laughs> it's the, the perfect watch. I think a Rolex Emeritus is what people think of when they think of a watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't think true. there's a more I popular mean, watch ever than that. It is true. It's, it's also probably mm. very true. Yeah, it's... Well, Robust movement and what, what, the what only you... watch that that's more known than the uh, sub is probably like the Casio calculator watch. Maybe right? the G-Shock, wouldn't you say? A G-Shock, uh, G-Shock, calculator G-Shock, watch G-Shock is famous. like in G-Shock's calculator watch is like in every movie ever. <laughs> I know, but I I think it's it still represents more of a toy to me. I don't know. It's not. I think I think that the most popular watch ever made to me has to be the the Rolex Mariner. If I had to bet, it has to be. It has to be. I just yeah, I agree. I agree. Popular wise, man, it, it you just you can't. It's the most. Popular we should probably make a list, uh, like the most recognizable, the most famous watches of all time, right? The most. Yeah, that'll be our scientific research, and people will use that in their paper for thesis and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thesis, thesis, thesis and stuff. Thesis, thesis, and stuff. thesis, thesis This is my stuff. paper. It's uh-huh. called thesis and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we've spoken about this watch uh, numerous times, right? Uh, uh, I think the only thing that I wanted to mention that that's cool about Rolex in general is that um, they are not known. They've always been positioned as the as the watch that they, they can accompany you everywhere you go. That was right. kind of the motto of the company, right? It's the every everywhere watch, and the Submariner is one of those. They don't specifically make uh, exhibition cases, right? They they make like a blank, just straight up. No texture, no, no nothing, no engraving, uh, uh, backplate, because mm. the movements are not finished, but they're robust. And um, it, this watch, you know, seventy hours power reserve. It's uh, a plus two, minus two seconds per day. 
It's a cost certified movement, which they have their own quality control, I would say, as opposed to like the meta set uh, for Omega. Uh, 300 meter water resistance, and they, they use oyster steel, which is basically a patented name for the type of stainless steel that Rolex uses. But the thing about it comparing to the standard 316 is that mm-hmm. it's uh it's 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 more um it's more rust resistant and it's harder so it's uh, more scratch resistant as well you know the only watch i would get above the rolex submariner would probably be the rolex yachtmaster and i've tried them on it has that platinum bezel it's uh it has an alloy that's even better than the 904 it's even shinier it's uh it, it's a different mixture it's like 916 i think it's called and it's 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 like the dress version of the sub. It's incredible. It's really nice. I've tried it all. I was like, it's really nice. This is if you guys remember the the episode when I was talking about going uh, for retirement and you know uh, sailing my yacht into the sunset. That's the watch you should be wearing yeah. when you do that. With the yacht your master dress, jumper yeah. sweater over your shoulders. Oh yeah, absolutely. And a Nautica hat. Maybe not <laughs> using, Nautica. Maybe using terms like the stern and the bow and the yeah stern. Grab the jib off the stern. Screaming, screaming, ahoy! Uh, to everybody. Ahoy. Ahoy. Timber. It's like, what? There's no I am your captain now. <laughs> I, I don't know when you think about ships. <laughs> Evergreen. <laughs> exactly. That's all I know. <laughs> okay. So we've covered those two, chronos and divers. Let's go to dress watches now. Carl, do you want to start? Yes, I'll start. And I think that could, that could have been as well my wild card. Um, I was looking at dress and I was like, those things are grill. Those things are maybe something I'll never buy or even see at some point. So I was like, if it's dressy, I want something that's um, beautiful and kind of flashy, but not with a loud thing about it, right? So I went with uh, Beauvais Fleurier, uh, Monsieur Beauvais. <laughs> Kevin is shaking oh, his head. Mr. He's like, Russia. what the fuck? <laughs> no, uh, the, the guy, um, your, your comrade is sponsored by Beauvais, Mr. Dimitri. Daniel Medvedev. Daniel Medvedev, the so tennis player. So that, that watch um, is a watch that can do everything. So there's the Amadeo bracelet can on system. Can microwave my chicken in under three minutes? <laughs> Four. <laughs> I don't no want good. it. No good. Refund, please. <laughs> so um, with the Amadeo uh, system, so um, you can have it at a at two-sided uh, wristwatch. So there's um, a dial on both sides. You can use it as a desk clock as well. So the case opens up and you can put it on a desk. And as well, um, the way that the crown is set up is at 12, that you can buy um, a chain for it. So it can either be a pocket watch or a pendant even. And there's all things that are market for that watch there's, in particular. There's a, there's a Seiko that does this too, Carl. You can get that. If you want a pocket watch... Uh, <laughs> A wristwatch, a, a watch you can put around your clock when you're lost, or your neck when you're lost. The Seiko makes this. So why yeah. is it on, around your neck when you're lost? <laughs> because you, be, I don't know. Because you're, you're obviously <laughs> you need a watch that can be can be do eight things. Because uh, and you chose this. It's it's actually very uh, very flashy. <laughs> This dial is incredible. Um, Wow. Yeah. So it's a Giyashi dial, um, and it's uh, all the color scheme you can have. There's different colors, uh, like the blue, green, uh, red, black. It's all enamel dial as well. Um, So the strap is a full scan alligator. Um, The chain, if you get it, it's a rhodium 
plated silver. Uh, it's a 43 millimeter case. You can even have it in uh, white gold or red gold, 18 carats for both. Uh, power reserve on it, it's seven days. You have the power reserve on the second dial, so on the back case, ex- uh, exhibition uh, back, if you want to call it that way. And it's an N1 uh, movement, uh, 21,000 uh, vibration per hour. And there's water resistance on that, 30 meters. So you can do the dishes with that watch if you're doing that. 30 but meters. If, yeah. you own, if, you do, if you own that watch, I'm pretty sure you don't do dishes. <laughs> or, right. or when you go to the toilet, there's like a butler there helping you as well. So... <laughs> Because um, you're in a nursing home, or is it because you have help? Yes, yes. No, it's it's clearly as old man watch. Like I'm, it just I was trying to get uh, a bit crazy on this one, but yeah, no, I was looking into the the Beauvais lineup, and it's um, it's big, they're flashy, but it, I don't feel they're too bold about it. I think there's bolder watches out there. Yeah, um, I agree. I'll, it, it's it's nice. I don't think I've ever seen this one before, and I I kind of I'm not really familiar with this brand, and um, just you know clicking around, checking out what they have, and. It's super nice. So you're saying you're saying uh, Dmitry Medvedev is uh, is Daniel Daniel Medvedev. I think Dmitry Medvedev is the prime minister. I think uh, the tennis player Daniel Medvedev. Oh, the tennis the tennis player. I thought you actually were talking about the the, the prime minister. <laughs> no, no, no. So, <laughs> how much is this uh, uh, watch? Uh, so the thing is, it's really hard to find any watch for the. Yeah, you know it's a lot. Eh? Only, <laughs> so I can't find the price because they use unobtainium as one of the materials. Yes, exactly. It's, an, it's built. It's built in unobtainium. Uh, but I found some Beauvais Fleurier line from use eighty thousand dollars to two hundred because there's a there's a wide variant of. Um, of complication for those watches and the monsieur beauvais edition is like mid-range for them there's way more complicated than that one right uh, but yeah no beauvais uh, 1822 uh the first year uh, the year that company was founded and i like the slogan it's engineering brilliance yeah it's Ooh. It's, 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 it's excellent uh, it's, it's excellent find yeah so uh yeah that will be my dress watch because you can do a lot with it and they're dressy and they're bold it's grill you can show it off if you want yeah, don't take it to a cool. um, uh, to a country where it can be stolen because they'll just chop off your wrist with it. Oh, so that's why you pocket watch it. They don't see it. They just see the chain. That's <laughs> just silver. Chain, right? Wait a minute. <laughs> just the Is that a chain coming out of chain. your shirt? <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's my uh, that's a grill uh, level watch uh, for for me. Excellent choice, uh, Kevin. What are your choices? But it's interesting. You discovered that watch this week. You didn't have a dress watch on your Grail list, did you? Because you you don't you don't like dress watches normally. Not really. At least that's not what I, I'm looking for when I'm looking to buy a new watch. So I was looking at dress watches, and I was trying to find a brand that's a bit out there as well. I didn't want to just have like a um, like a Seiko cocktail time or something like that, right? <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with them. You love cocktails. I'm not saying nothing wrong with them. Just and c- win win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know for yeah no for me it was a uh, i discovered bove this week as well yes cool so i went with um the the direction i went and these are a couple that actually i not that i had on my list one of them i could never but i really love everything that they do um i went with a uh, boutique brands i went with ateliers i didn't want to go with uh, a major uh, big brand so my unattainable grail in this one is the laurent ferrier uh, Ecole series um, uh, mini repeater. So I'm going to put the link here so you guys can have a look. The Laurent Ferrier Ecole Minute repeater is priced at a very accessible 290,000 Swiss francs. Oh, okay. That's Fucking change. Just... Yeah. But I love everything about this watch. This The mini repeater is subtle um, and everything that... Um, that uh, Laurent Ferrier 
delivers is like this very, um, how can I say? It's very subtle. It's Expensive. under the radar. They deliver really just incredible uh, timepieces that are kind of understated in the way they look, but their complexity is really high. They have annu- they have uh, they have tourbillons, uh, and the Laurent Ferrier Grand Sport tourbillon is the one that the tourbillon is not even on the front of the watch. You have to turn it around to look at it because they, it's it's not about being flashy. So I, I really like everything that Laurent Ferrier has been designing. Obviously, his prices are astronomical. The proportions are perfect on this watch. Uh, everything is just super well made. 40 millimeter diameter, 40 millimeters thick. Stainless steel polish, sapphire crystal, no water resistance. The dial is 6N red gold, uh, red gold white gold indices and hands. It's based on an Ebo, the movement is based is uh, based on an ebauché de la fabrique du temps, hand wound, 3 hertz frequency, 80 hour power reserve, Swiss lever escapement. Uh, minute repeater. Uh, five pieces only produced over two years. That's all he makes. Um, these are atelier, one of a kind, astronomical. I love everything Laurent Ferrier delivers. The attainable grail that I actually put is actually very weird. As You guys are going to find it very weird, uh, but super unique. It's from a brand called Habring. And uh, Habring um, is... He is a watch designer and engineer who actually worked for many years at IWC, created a um, a split-second chronograph for them, and then ended up going off to do his own brand. Um, and I love Habring. In fact, he has a watch he has a watch called the Felix. But the one I sent you guys is the the, the Faudroyant. So the Faudroyant, and I invite you to look at the YouTube video really quickly so you can actually see it in action. It's a dead seconds hand. So, but it's a full automatic watch. So it's actually based on being able to accurately count the seconds and it has the split second, second counter as this, the, the movement is going. It looks very odd when you're going to be watching it uh, go, go on to a head. Um, so the Faudroya movement. So this is kind of like Atelier, but this is also, um, how can I say, high horology that's affordable. So this watch is under $10,000, 38.5 millimeter, jumping second uh, with a flashing second. So you have the jumping second with a flashing second happening at the same time, manually while movement, uh, four hertz. Um, and this watch is, I find, really, really, really cool. Did you guys get a chance to see it? Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird, nuts. eh? It's, it's a dead second with a jump second at the same time in an automatic movement. But I find that just really... Uh, innovative and again it's an atelier brand so i love everything Habring brings he brings a split second chronograph for ten thousand bucks that is sold for like thirty four thousand dollars from iwc etc high horology so those are the two picks that i went with the laurent ferrier is this like three hundred thousand swiss franc <laughs> brand and then this faux droyant by Habring as a attainable um kind of grail there but i, I just find it so fascinating as a timepiece it's awesome no it's, it's it's a very cool brand yeah um, yeah. I um, kind of went for more predictable. I mean, maybe more predictable for you guys because I, I it's Vacheron Constantin, Grand Historique, Grand Amérique, something like that. Yes, exactly. This is my <laughs> less. This is exactly. This is my less attainable watch. I don't think I've ever spoken about it too much there. Uh, so basically, this watch was originally developed in the well, not the same watch, but a similar watch that Vacheron developed at the at the beginning of the 20th century when the car manufacturing business started to become more bigger and bigger. Uh, and they, they, they found a need for basically 
serve customers that are you know uh, in a luxury segment driving cars right and are always on the uh, always on the way somewhere that they can kind of rest their hands on the steering wheel but also be able to tell the time without having to remove the hand from the steering wheel so they came up with right. this watch that has a dial turned at a 45 degree angle so that when you look at the watch it kind of is uh, a little bit at an angle right with the crown sticking out at the at, from the top bottom corner top right corner of the watch um, this watch was quite popular in its time and one of the and through the recent let's say Vashram uh, uh, Constantin historic um, remakes right that they've been doing part of which is the the corn de vache right they leave right the, the reinstated version uh, the historic American 1921 uh, was released, I believe. It was not that long ago. I think it's either at the end of the nine, uh, 20th century or early 20, 21st. And um, what's so special about this watch is just that it's mimicking that uh, design from the early 20th century. It has the mm-hmm. uh, the railroad uh, tracks uh, on the dial. Um, I think it's a manual wind manual wind movement. It's sixty hours, sixty five hours of power reserve. It's uh, the one that I like, and there's only I think two different versions. Uh, the one that I like is the eighteen carat pink gold, uh, forty millimeter dial, eight millimeter stick, uh, very space, uh, let's say ready, three uh, bars of water resistance. Um, the one thing that I wanted to also mention that Vacheron does for their watches is called a Hallmark of Geneva. So that's a certification yeah. that they do on uh, movements and as of 2012, also on the watch itself, on the casing. And this is mm-hmm. a certification that probably kind of allows uh, for watches from Vacheron in general to stand apart from other uh, luxury brands. Perhaps that's why they are one of the big three, right? The Audemars Piguet, the Patek, and uh, Vacheron, because it's the the rigorous testing for impeccable quality that is encompassing both every single individual piece of the movement as well as every single individual piece of the case itself. So you right. get that hallmark. It's always uh, stamped somewhere on the in a visible location on the movement. And the, you know this watch has an exhibition case back. You can see that inside. It just it's a guarantee that you are, you're getting something that is impeccable. So that's mm-hmm. that's my less of an attainable watch because it's forty six thousand dollars. And right. uh, yeah, and um, I think the the more attainable one is the one that I just never shut up about is the the sector dial from <laughs> from JLC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. They, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I I don't know why. I don't know. If there's something about the sector dial. I just I just love it so much. Uh, they they have released this watch. I think in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, and they released um, uh, three different types of watches. So they have a chronograph. They have a stand, the, the the sector dial uh, dress watch, and they also have a. I think it's called the geography. The geophysic. The geophysic. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. No, so, no, but he's, he's exactly right. Yeah, and those. I don't understand why they they discontinued them so quickly. And they were affordable. Uh, they, the regular three-handed, know. the regular three-handed sector dial, started like fifty-seven hundred US. That's it. I I don't understand. I don't understand. This is this is just. Uh, to me, I've seen it once in person, and I, 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 it's it's one of the most beautiful watches. I think an honorable mention too is um, uh, lesser attainable, but I, I, I like that this is the master controls that they have. Uh, yeah. I think that's a, that's a perfect, perfect, perfect dress watch. But at the same time, you know, both 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 uh, Vacheron also makes a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, um, uh, dress piece, uh, patrimony or. Um, 
traditionnel which yeah. is which is uh, if you get it the one with the gelioche dial the that one has uh, a gelioche dial that was com- completely done by hand and the pattern is so complex that i think that dial alone makes up like half the price of the watch and it doesn't it does, it's I very pro- subtle because it does there's not much I think going the on patrimony between the patrimony, I'm, I'm more. I really like the the um, the Calatrava by uh, Calatrava, yeah, by the Patek, yeah, the Calatrava, yeah, by Patek, but or the Saxonia by Langa, a Langenzon Saxonia. Yeah. Yeah. You can is is the I think the more affordable, but you can get the gold one. I think it's like fifteen, sixteen k, um, compared to the patrimony. I mean. But uh, yeah, that's a great. They're great timepieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm just looking up the, the 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 GLCs. So yeah, it was the it was the it was the Master Control Geographic. Yeah, part of the, a, the the Geographic. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, the Geophysique is a different one that Jaget uh, Lecoud makes. Yeah, I think the ones still if they still did. make this one, but the geo the, the Geographic yeah. is the one that has the small seconds. It has the yeah. cities at the bottom of the dial, but also I think it has a like a almost like a helium escape valve. Oh, no, no, sorry, it's the it's the se- it's to control the um, it's to control the cities. It's the it's the second dial, kind of like they have uh, the one they have in the Alpinist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- those are my great, picks. Uh, picks. Those are my picks for the uh, f- for for the dress watches. Uh, not uh, surprising. Uh, I didn't go crazy, but I kind of hope that you know I'll I'll, I'll own them. So I, I try to make sure that you know they're you're more foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I mean, I do it all the time. Uh, so the last pick, and you know, we, we kind of left one spot for the the wild card, right? That doesn't really fit the the, the first wild three criteria. Card. Wild card. <laughs> Movie with Jason. Statham it's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia Netflix. with a uh, Charlie Day, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Wild card. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, Carl, do you want to start? What kind of wild card do you want to talk about? The Mickey yes. Mouse. So it's a. Brand, it's a boutique brand that Kevin really, really loves. I think it's Uh-oh. a past the crush because as as long as I've known Kevin, I think he spoke about that watch or at least that brand. Uh, so it's H Moser and Company or NC, yeah, yeah. right? It's a Venture and it's the uh, Venta Black Dial Edition. So very it's nice. a yes, very nice. It's a simple looking watch. Let's say there's nothing really uh, crazy about its dimension or about what it stands for. Besides that, it's the um, blackest material that the men build at that time now there's a bit darker than those things but they they don't reflect light at something like 99.7 percent uh so it's almost when you if if you guys ever saw any anything in venta black it's almost like it's um infinite depth you're you're not able to see any reflection to it so it's really hard for your eye to make any depth uh, perspective from that so it doesn't reflect any light right it absorbs everything exactly so uh hmoser went and decided to do a dial with that (laughs) can you actually see anything on it uh, on the dial, no. The only thing is the ends are really, really dark, but they're not in like full Venta black, so you can still see the ends on that one. Uh, but they did did a watch that you don't have any ends on it, and it's only Venta black, and it's um, uh, in it repeater, right? It sings the um, the the time yes. to you. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, <laughs> there's two things about that. The slogan of H Moser uh, a bit earlier, I was saying uh, Beauvais was um, engineering uh, uh, brilliantly. H. Moser, their slogan is very rare. <laughs> right. Because all their pieces are really, I'm guessing, difficult to get or limited edition. And they some even some pieces they do limited edition, they don't tell the numbers they're gonna do. Just at some point they're gonna stop, that's for sure. 
and Eventa right. Black is one of them. There's no limited quantity per se on the website, but one day they can decide to just stop because it's difficult or something else. So um, 39 millimeter case, it's a 72 uh, uh, hour power reserve. It's water resistant to three um, uh, 30 meters. And the movement in it, it's the uh, HMC, so uh, Moser Company 327. It's an N1 movement, and it features a power reserve indicator on the movement side. Uh, so it's to uh, make sure that the um, dial is uncluttered. And when you flip it uh, over and you have your ex- uh, exposed case back, you have your beautiful finish, the beautiful gold, the purple from the um, jewels and all those things, and the uh, power reserve with the blue uh, heated blue ends for the power reserve. It's really a mm-hmm. beautiful watch. It's um, I think if you want an H Moser and you don't want to go to something that's like the NT Apple Watch or something a bit crazy in the colors, the Venta Black is a nice piece that still sub subtle but a statement, right? That you went right. all the way there to the boutique brand. That's a piece that you get late into your collection. That's not the first watch for no one, uh, but people are going to ask about it. That's for sure. Um, so that was the wild card. I didn't really know on what category I could put that watch, but having the money, having the chance to own that thing, I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's for sure. Yeah, it's an excellent watch. I, I was gonna mention. Uh, I, I really like the uh, the streamliner that was released not long ago from H Moser. That one is yes. oh, yeah. really Oh my god, that is a beautiful watch. Yeah. You know what's uh, even the chronograph? Great. Oh yeah. I was going to say a fun fact about H. Moser is that originally it started in uh, St. Petersburg in Russia and it stayed as a, in Russia for the first 90, 90 years of its existence and only moved to Switzerland in uh, 1918 because of the October Revolution. And Vladimir Lenin at some point owned an H. Moser. So God yeah, damn. Do you still want it? No, I, have, I did <laughs> not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm out. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I think Kevin, you like uh, H Moser a lot. I I'm not too sold on their like um, uh, anti Apple Watch designs uh, or the, the 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 green dial, right? The plain green dial. Not not mm-hmm. my cup of tea. I respect them a lot, but I really do love the the streamliner. I think you need to see them in in person as well because I don't think the pictures do their dial justice. I got to see them. I got to see them in person. They're 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 pretty yeah. incredible. Uh, uh, I was reading on on their company. There's one thing that made me laugh a bit, but at the same time, it's nice. There, they have one engineer for like the materials whose job is all year around only to find material and test them out for dials. Right. So, right, right. Yeah, like they have a dial guy. <laughs> but you know, I have <laughs> to say, you know, guy. you 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 said, oh, I'm going for boutique and stuff. I agree. Like as I'm shopping now, as I'm always shopping. And when I'm going into independent brands, I like to go into like the the higher horology, the Satori Biyas, yes. the Lun, uh, yeah. the Bleu Lundis, the uh, mm-hmm. Hajime Asiokas, the the Corona Tokyos. These kind yeah. of brands are just or the or the Anordain, like these crazy Grand Feu enamel dials. These are, or these Ophion, these like intense, well made, and you're paying a premium, but. I, I really am into those boutique like this mm. just and, and because I'm a point also I just don't give a fuck in terms of the name behind it as well. Like I do want like the the guy or Ming, you know, like I, I I'm not Ming, as inter- yeah. like I'm not interested in like the big name, but I also don't want like some guy who's like who's just like I am starting my watch brand and just putting a cheap movement and making it integrated bracelets right. sell a bunch, you know, like no no I'm like the 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 details mm-hmm. and I go look at what we did to this dial and each Moser does that. Or hey bring you know that foudroyant seconds hand you get that's insane it's it's not mainstream at all yeah. but it's like no no i want to make these dornbluth and son like 
yeah. movement yeah. makers right now. Mm. And, and uh, last note uh, about that watch is the cheapest watch, cheapest watch of my lineup today at twenty four twenty five thousand uh, Swiss franc. <laughs> really? Eh? What yeah. was your What was your Oh, you you had a Cornevache as a chronograph. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's fifty. The uh, Blancpain Tourbillon one hundred and eighty five, and the Beauvais was anywhere between sixty to a uh, hundred. Right. Okay. So, uh, Kevin. Kevin, yeah. What is it? Yes. Wild card. Wild card. So, I went with two wild cards. Um, I'll go with the affordable one, and I'll finish with the expensive one. So, the affordable one, uh, believe it or not, I and I, th- I almost think of it a little bit as a guilty pleasure. I've always liked the Hublot Big Bang. Uh, the original 44 millimeter. Um, I like Jean-Claude Bivet's designs. I'm attracted to the Zenith Defy. I even like uh, the Tag Warrior Tourbillon. Uh, but I do like the Hublot Big Bang. But my, and that one runs at about 10,000. You 000. should uh, talk to Nico from Pride and Pinion. He will tell you to shut up. Immediately He'll help me. Love <laughs> he hates Hublot. I like Hublot. I, 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 don't, I don't dislike them. A lot of people hate Hublot. Uh, but to me, I find them no less uh, flashy than Richard Mille. You know, I, 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 well, I just... Well, Richard Mille is it has super flashy. Super flashy, right? So I just like, and I like Richard Mille, I do, uh, but I like Hublot. So, not all the designs, and there's a lot that I really don't like, but I, I, I like when people take chances too. The museum brand that I really like is, and it's owned by Bulgari now. It was bought by Bulgari, but if you guys click on the link I sent you, it is because Bulgari, if, if you guys knew that, that in the 2000s, they ended up buying. Two companies, Daniel Roth, but they also ended up buying Gerald Genta. <laughs> Watch Brad. So the oh, one Gerald that I Genta. like is the Yeah, it was bought by Bulgari. So there's a few Bulgaries that are Gerald Genta designed. There's the Bulgari Bulgari, which is the bezel that says Bulgari twice. And there's a reason why that was done, the Roman coin, and they used to have the name of, uh, um, of the, the the emperor on it twice. Um, but anyway, the, this Gerald Genta is the reference 103191. It is the 50th anniversary. It is a red, and, and this is very, you know, reminiscent of the 90s from those Gerald Gento watches. You can find the Bayerinas for about less than 10,000 bucks now. The retrograde hour hand, so the hour, the minute hand, sorry, the retrograde minute hand. So if you see the, the large hand, it scales through the minutes normally. And when it gets to 60, it shoots back to zero and the hour instantly changes. Um, so it's a really cool watch. There is, um, a company called Reservoir, a French company that does a lot of automotive and um, um, marine-style divers and marine-style chronometers, they're all retro, uh, retro um, minute-hand watches. But this watch is a, a real life-find wild card. It is not what people would expect. 41 millimeters diameter. You're looking at a uh, platinum case so high you know more exp- you know high, more expensive gold 100 meters water resistance and uh, uh, a retrograde minute hand uh, i think it's a lot of fun very out there not like anything you ever see and if you're a fan of gerald gentle like i am um it's it's a really cool watch uh, the profile of this watch is is incredible uh and i'm also a fan of the blue so that that's my um out of this world. And this watch, just so if, if you guys are wondering what's the retail price, it's $79,000. It's okay. It's not too, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, um, my uh, almost like guilty pleasure, but like, yeah, I think it's boutique or wild card or like what the hell is that sort of thing. And it's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. And it has the, it has the, uh, the, 
the the complication to go with it with the the retrograde minute hand. Dimitri, it's, it's interesting that none of us went into uh, vintage watches, except maybe Carl mentioning the 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 Corne de Vache. Uh, yeah, yeah, but my, my, me was a re-edition, right? right, based on an historic watch. I kind of st- I kind of tried to stay away from well, them, but I think that at some point I would I would want to buy myself uh, a, a, like a, I would want to invest into like a very um, let's say famous uh, uh, famous vintage watch, right? And one of them would be a pole router, which is another Gerald yeah. Genta design, right? I, I got to see yeah. it first, I think. And we've talked about it numerous times. It's not really my wild card there, but I just wanted to you know worthy to mention. Um, no, I agree, and I think we if you did if you did grails that were like vintage, then I think you get into very specific examples. You know, right. like I want that red lettered this, or I, I want that uh, IWC big pilot from that year. You know that you know there's there's things like that that uh, yeah right anyway. Or you want uh, the military spec uh, uh, Rolex Mariner, or maybe a Tudor Oyster Prince, yeah. right? Uh, that'd be uh, yeah, the mil spec uh, sub. <laughs> it's like yeah, ridiculous. Jesus. Yeah, but those things are like unicorns, right? Yeah, not yeah, yeah. not possible to find them because they don't exist. No. Um, it's funny that you just mentioned the the IWC big pilot because that's exactly what I was going to pick for my wild card. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I swear we didn't even talk before. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's like I, I've been crushing on the uh, pilots' watches uh, lately, and you know IWC big pilot is probably uh, I think the most famous uh, IWC watch. Yeah, uh, it's a probably, it's a huge forty six point two millimeter pilots' watch with a looks ridiculously amazing onion crown. It's a bit chiseled, the ending crown, but it's it's fantastic, right? It was designed, it was designed, you know, to be operated wearing gloves, right, for pilots during World War, and I think uh, Carl, you already talked about it, right, uh, in the previous episode. It's 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 one of the original floor companies, I think. There's La Croche I, I I'm the one who had the pilots. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had the pilots. Uh, yeah. and they, they they started off making pilots watches at in 1940 for the German Air Force right and then right. Uh, they they were huge watches super legible high contrast and uh right. the, the style of watches became so popular that nowadays they just produce those watches and it's probably maybe the the main the most popular let's say the the powerhouse of that brand and uh, and and you know to your point i think of all the f- the pilots watches between IWC, Vempe, Stova, Laco, and uh, Alangenzan, I think that the IWC Big Pilot, it's like that perfect balance of true to form, but still looks elegant. Because like the Lacos look great, but they're very robust. They look very yeah. utilitarian. And then like the Stova looks, I find a little too modern. It doesn't look like old enough. Yeah. Um, and then you get like that perfect center. Like Vempe doesn't even make dive uh, fliegers anymore, and Langa doesn't make the fliegers they used to make. Affordable but I think that like IWC, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but like, but or the or true to form. That's my point. So I, like I IWC agree. makes it, and it still looks true and still looks elegant. You know, it has. I I, I yeah. agree to one hundred percent. I think the, the 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 big pilot is a perfect combination between a perfect mix between. Uh, being something being elegant and robust and utilitarian because luxury yeah uh, i was talking about the starbrooken right uh, or well, there's yeah. another one i think west something very 
the version Westerland of or Starbucks. One's automatic, Westerland, one's yeah. manual wine. Yeah. The thing is that they are chunkers, right? They they look nice if you look at the dial straight up, but if you look at the from the side, right? They're thick watches, and there's not much going on in the side. So it's it's it looks very utility. It's like a it's it's a like a huge chunk oh, yeah. of metal you're wearing. They're and not they're, elegant. They're one hundred percent bead blasted. There's no polish. It's really looks like a piece of st- you know what I mean. While the IWC, right. it's polished. It shines. It's things pop. You right. know, absolutely. I mean, and I'm kind of not sure. I, I picked both of them because I I do <clears throat> I do like the uh, the the classic uh, black dial. Um, IWC Big Pilot. Yeah. But I, I love the blue version of the Big Pilot. Uh, Petit Prince. It, it's just, I think it's the nicest blue of any watch I've ever seen, right? It's, uh, it's amazing, it has yeah. a, it's a seven-day power reserve which shows up on the dial and uh, it's a automatic self-winding watch, uh, four hertz, just just the perfect, I think, I think you can also use it as a clock, right? If you if you properly position it next to your bed, <laughs> it, it is that sure. big. It's forty six millimeters. I, it's I, a I've big never black clock. Worn it. I gotta try it on first, though. So yeah, this is my. Why are you pick. shaking your head, uh, Carl? Sh- why are you shaking your head, Carl? <laughs> because like forty six millimeter, that could be a clock. Yeah, it's a small clock. It's okay. It's well, I mean, it's <laughs> the, it's. I don't. I've never owned a watch that was worth forty four. So. It's it's a yeah. big watch. I don't know if any of you have anything in your in your collection that's that size. Panerai forty five. Is it, it. okay? <laughs> but it's not forty six. <laughs> no, it's but not forty six. <laughs> Panerai has a cushion case, so Panerai has a cushion case, so it doesn't really it, it tapers, yeah. so it doesn't really look as 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 chunky. Let's say as this yeah. one. I don't think yeah. this but one no bezel. There's no bezel really. Yeah. But yeah, this is uh, this is my pick for the for the wild card. T- talking nice about uh, chunky guys, before we uh, wind it down, I have a quick uh, question for you guys. Have you seen the new M3 and M4 from BMW? Yes. Oh yeah. So can, can uh, you how do you explain with the what's the deal with that grill in the front? Because okay. the first thing so I thought I saw I, it. The first thing I thought was Alfa Romeo because there's little because I find the yeah. Alfa Romeo has like a very small grill compared to the size of the 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 nose of the yeah. car. So what's the deal? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's say okay, I have insider information. Oh <laughs> boy, here we go. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Um, I feel like so I feel like DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, the uh, good uh, Jordan Hill. Margot Robbie. Yeah. The engineering department uh, told some um, journalists in interviews that it was because of bigger grills that car, uh, bigger um, radiators. That car has seven radiators in the front, right? But there's right. other brand with more radiators and like a bigger engine that doesn't need that type of um, intake. Let's say. Uh, and after that, there's some people of the design team that in interviews with Motor Trend said, oh, it's okay. 25% of the people like the design. <laughs> it's a weird 25. way of saying that 75, it's a weird way of saying that 75% of people don't like it. <laughs> but, um, but you know, that design was, your, your point is, the, uh, when you were talking about the radiators, doesn't the Bugatti yeah. Veyron, like, has a very small, grill the front and that has like literally 10 radiators for that w16 engine right yeah so the thing with the bugatti there's intakes on the side too right it's a rear it's right. a mid-engine so there's a lot of radiators that are on the side of the car by the way carl um, if you didn't know they're from france eh? bugatti is french yes it's not italian <laughs> don't you ever say this <laughs> wait wait look at me uh, what did you say look at me look at the bugatti is french okay <laughs> 
but the, the big thing with that is um, it's the design department of BMW that, uh, let's say, bent to the will of uh, the Chinese market. Because in China, when people tune their cars or do modification, they're really bold in what they do. And that was a pretty much a case study to sell more cars in China. Oh. And that's what came out of it. So, like yeah. I am not yeah, a fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's no, a lot of people are having a hard time. And what's what's good is uh, the the front end is so like aggressive that you don't see the other problems on the car design wise. If you look at the quarter panel where it meets the rear doors, um, normally you'll have a it's an M car, so it's a bulge. It's wider, and the uh, white body is gonna go on the door as well, right? So the door is gonna be wider wow. as well. But yeah, but on that. this one, they they keep. They kept the door, the rear doors as the standard car. So the bulge is, is cut really thin next to the door, right? If you see like a three-quarter view of the car, you'll see that the bulge yeah. is really, really like quite short. And that would have never passed at any M car. But people are still stuck to the front. They don't see that in the rear. And the other problem is they're really good cars. It's one of the best engines that BMW ever produced in the last like t- two decades, and you can still bite manual and you can, if, if it's automatic, you can have it four wheel drive with a system that disconnect the front traction. So you can still be rear wheel drive. It's a really good car, but people have a hard time to go over the look and like ugly never wins with customers. But that, but you see that just the front, if they just took off that little, that, that split between the two radiators, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. That's, uh, if you do that, it's really Rolls Royce and Rolls Royce is owned by BMW. So yeah, so it's a design cue, so it's yeah. not the functional. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was just I wanted to have your your insight on that. That's a, that was a big news in the car industry over the last like month or so. I think I've seen one I of like those the new cars uh, recently. I like the new Taycan. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. like the no, new Taycan uh, yeah. as well. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Now those uh, those new M3s, M4s have been delivered right now, so you're gonna start okay. to see them. But but the new grill is already made on the the SUVs, right? Because I think I've seen a big one, like an X7 or something, yeah. right? With the yes, with the yes, new yes. grill. Not a, yeah, not, so a the X, not a fan. Yeah, the X7 was the introduction to the big grills uh, for the design language. Right. The one thing that I think that the one car, the one brand I think that I love everything lately is the Mercedes. Every single design, I, yeah. I kind of actually think of. I think I like every single model in the in their yeah. lineup. Uh, but mm-hmm. but you know what? There's always times because I I remember very well there was a time when. Um, I didn't care about Audi, and then like starting from like 2007 or something, they they made the A5. Right, uh, yep, and it. then they they made a bunch of other like the, the A4 and then the SUVs, right? And they they made the A uh, A7, I think, and the new A6 was nice. Yeah. So I, there was a time I think like in you know early 2010s yeah. that I so, loved all of the so, Audis. Yeah. So for Audi, the the split is really easy. It's when the first uh, R8 came out, and just to tell you how big that was, R8 was the first car and only car at the time to have LED headlights. Now every car has have those. Even like yeah, Toyota. yeah, I remember. And the light would go right. like in a sequence. It would to turn right. It would. Yep. It would be like yeah. a sequence. So and the so, issue was so that if you wanted to change those lights, you had to like pull the whole thing out. Right. It was yes, pretty complicated. Exactly. Car. It's a unit. I remember very so well by the way that when they started making it, making it, it was super well promoted because first I saw it in this movie I Robot. But it was like a, an okay. iteration of it. It was like a better version or whatever they call it, the alpha yeah, version. Futuristic. Right? But then, yeah. but then the first Iron Man with the Robert Downey, right? He was driving that car in the first one. It's like two thousand nine or something, two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. So Audi was sponsoring Marvel for like ten movies. Okay. So every car was an Audi. Right. Yeah. I so think it the R. Tony Stark had V eight, not the V ten. I don't know. I think it was V ten. 
So so in the Tony Stark is R8 was electric. That was the gimmick. Oh. They don't make it uh, just for the movie, right? Wash. So um yeah, time to wind it down. Yeah. Can you want to wind it down for us? Yeah. So if you like this podcast, you know, please look us up on our Instagram, Big Black Clock Official. Uh, let us know of your grails. We'd like to know which ones you guys would have picked, uh, which ones that might have compared to ours, and let us know why. If you also want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on our email at the Big Black Clock Team at gmail.com. You can send uh, Carl money. You can send Dimitri at GMT Master 2. And send well, me I, might, I like money. Anything. I also like money. <laughs> For GMT Master 2. You're gonna, he's going to open a fund me page, a crowd <laughs> GoFundMe yeah, page. GoFundMe. <laughs> please. Please, sir. Please, please fund uh, me. Yeah. Give me money, please. Money me. <laughs> money. So, <laughs> yeah. So, for all of you people out there, we know it's a tough time. So, again, be good to each other. And for you uh, people like myself, continually uh, or perpetually uh, shopping, happy hunting. Ciao. Ciao, everybody. Ciao.